Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I am here with yet another high demand coach, and that is the one and only Olga Kirilova. I think I just completely butchered her last name, uh, but she's graceful enough to move forward with it uh, anyway. But why, why is Olga here? Olga has spent over a decade in business, heading up teams and managing up to $2 billion businesses within the likes of Adidas or Wayfair. You may, may have heard of those two, but she realized that she just wanted to have more time for her family. Uh, So she and her partner started their own coaching business back in 2020. They built a thriving business without a website, without an email list, and with a horde of followers on Instagram. And the best part was that she could spend eight months of the year traveling with her family, enjoying a flexible schedule, and doing it all with the highest amount of energy she's ever had. She now helps other founders and owners and busy professionals create the lives they've truly desired. Well, Olga, thanks so much for being on this show. I'm so excited about this conversation. Before we kind of dive into how you help founders and owners and professionals, I'd love to take a step back and just put some color in this story. Tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing and why that ultimately led you to make the leap to coaching. So, yeah, um, I'm for one, super excited to be here with you. Thank you for uh, having me. And basically, like like you said, like you read in the bio, uh, we are helping people to do exactly what we did because it really, really helped us to have just a different quality of life because um, it's kind of like at the moment we work with two types of clients and uh, like one avenue, like we're working with more lifestyle founders. So people who for majority of the times want to go out of corporate environment and start their own business. But we also work in with the tech startup founders in the Lisbon area, because that's where we're based right now. And for example, like for the tech startup founders, like they want to like, you know, create their next unicorn, like at least 1 billion business. But people who come, you know, like from high pressure environments in corporate, they just want to have a good quality of life and have the income that allows them to have this lifestyle, right? So that's basically what's, what we're helping them with. And so we came to that because both myself and my partner, we kind of, we were quite successful in our corporate careers, but Carson was almost completely burned out. I had like really strong anxiety attacks to the point that I couldn't really like feel my body. We couldn't get pregnant for like over two years with the second child, even though we really wanted. And it's kind of like just felt at some point like, why we're putting so much effort in something that feels so meaningless to us. Mm. You know, like there is a shareholder pressure to deliver, deliver, deliver. But if we put so much effort in making money for someone else, why don't we do it for ourselves? 
right? But it was difficult to understand what is it we can do. So it's kind of like, in a sense, like, okay, this shit, I don't want to do anymore. But what else, right? And you don't have this clarity. And that actually was my first experience with hiring my own coach to find Mm. the direction. And that's how, like, we step-by-step came to the idea that I might be a good coach, you know? So I took the leap of faith, invested my only savings I had at the time, went, like, got a coach in education. Here we go. (laughs) Wow. Well, and it's a fascinating point. And and it's actually, I don't think most people recognize this, but the entrepreneurial journey starts before you ever become an entrepreneur, right? And I actually call stage one of that process, the uh, the dissatisfied employee. You know, it's, that, it's, it's you, right? Sitting in the office, yeah. like, why in the world am I doing this? The real big challenge with that is that not every dissatisfied employee is an entrepreneur. Right. Not every single person uh, should do it. And uh, and I, I'd, I'd be fascinated to hear if you agree with this statement, because it's a little harsh, but I found that it's true. And that is if you can do anything other than start a business, do that. Right. Because it, it takes a lot out of you. I'm, I love starting businesses. I help people do it all the time. But I, I think uh, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, what would you say to that person who's who's sitting in the office? They they're wondering whether or not they should start a business or per- pursue some type of other opportunity i actually agree with you and i don't know probably the only advice for me is try like it's not necessarily you know like i would never never ever advise people to do it like i did because like i was at some point that like i just can't take this anymore right? so i dropped out cold turkey so i didn't have any like side hustle or anything so we were basically on one income with my partner and that mm-hmm. was harsh because like yeah. once i dropped out of corporate i also got pregnant and then it became really the pressure, right? It, it kicked my butt to like to get out there and start getting clients, but I would not advise this to anyone. But yeah. if you want to know whether it's for you or not, for me, the only way to know is to try. Yeah. Try, like build something on the side, build a side hustle, see how you like it. And at some point of time, it's going to get hard because you're going to work two jobs. And then like, this is the point where you need to make a decision. Do you want to invest more of your time and effort into this side hustle that is growing, this growing mm-hmm. baby, right? And drop out of your corporate or it's not for you. Because yeah. some people realize they, they go through our programs, they get their first clients and they're like, you know what? I realized that's not for me, yeah. but it is also a decision because being in that space of maybe I have a dream, but I never tried. Maybe I'm missing out. The only way to know is to try. Yeah. Yeah. And and so uh, let's talk a little bit, like you make this late. What are some reasons why folks decide to be uh, founders, to be entrepreneurs? Because even in your intro, you kind of opened up with two very, very different groups. You got these mm-hmm. small lifestyle founders and these techs, you know, trying to uh, shake the world. Uh, what is What are some of the common threads or are there common threads behind why folks start businesses of their own? Some people just don't fit into like other environments. They're like the two non-conformity. Um, and I think like one of the probably first signs that's like you might be a good founder if like you're sitting in your corporate meetings and you're looking at your boss and your boss's boss and you're like, I don't want to be there. Or you understand that you're an A player, but you're stuck with a bunch of like C and D players because you have the vision and you have the ideas but the environment in corporate moves too slow, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times like founders are those people who's like, I was like, I can't take this anymore because I have the idea, I have the vision. I want to put it into practice, right? I'm burning with that. And especially tech startup founders, they're like very on it, right? So like put something together, try, 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 like speeds, like trumps, like everything. So yeah, it's kind of like this. 
Yeah. And and so one of the things that I see happen, and, and I would imagine you experience this quite a lot, but folks come into it with this kind of preconceived, anytime I hear a founder say should, right? That that to me is, there's, there's a problem behind that. You know, where are you getting that idea? So this idea of mm-hmm. if you're going to start a tech company, it has to be a unicorn. Or if you're going to start your own business, it has to be a million dollar business. You know, uh, what would you say, you know, is that true, right? Do you have to be a billion dollar organization? Do you have to be a million dollar organization? What is it? that really makes success for an entrepreneur? Well, this is really interesting because a lot of times people don't get what they want because they don't define what they want, right? Like this clarity that you mentioned. So what is success for you? What, like, what is it that you want? And I'm like a very firm believer that the business needs to support our lifestyle and not the other way around. You know, it's like our life should not be built around our business or our work or whatever that is, right? But it's the other way around. Like what lifestyle do you want to lead? Like what will make you happy? What do you want out of like freaking life, right? Do you want to spend more time with your kids? And if you want to spend more time with your kids, maybe you don't want to work, I don't know, like 70 hours per week on your business. So what is it that model that will allow you to have a decent lifestyle, decent quality of life and have what you actually want to have? What is success for you? Yeah. Right. But to the point that a lot of times like why people need to have like the next unicorn the next 1 billion euro business because people just um identify their self worth with their success and it's like it's so like stuck together right so like it's kind of i'm only worthy if i reach x y that and mm-hmm. a lot of times it's driven by the external validation right so like then people will think of me this and that right so this this is why i yeah. guess yeah or a lot of times at least this comes to this and so what do you do instead, right? How can we get clear on, because I mean, you ask anyone, it's like, you want an extra million dollars. Everyone says yes, right? Or a million euros or whatever it may be, right? We all, we would all be fine with the additional income and revenue. Uh, and so how do you kind of clarify what is right sized or right shaped for you as an entrepreneur? So actually in this moments of time, I go with subconscious tools because a lot of times logic here is useless. Um, so we do visioning usually with our clients and Mm. for me, it's like kind of your quality of life or your success is every single day day of your life. Because like, if every day is an ideal day for you, then you ultimately having your success, right? So we take certain period of time in the future and we dive into the visioning and I guide people through the vision of how their ideal day would look like. Yeah. And so much becomes clear from that when subconscious already has has all the images of what yeah. people actually want out of it. Wow. Wow. So there's another aspect to this that I feel like kind of inadvertently gets woven in uh, a lot of times if we're saying, hey, success isn't up and to the right. It's not a million dollars. It's you know, it's what you want it to be. Uh, it can also uh, bring in kind of this element of laziness or apathy, right? It's kind of woven into that. Like success mm-hmm. for me is not working. It's sipping martinis, you know, or, or doing something like that. Nothing wrong with sipping martinis. But what's the role of hard work in uh, in creating the lifestyle that you want? Mm. I mean, you need to understand, I guess, that there is no such concept as something for nothing, right? In order to get something out, you need to put something in. And it is the hardest in the beginning. It's always the hardest in the beginning. Like your first couple of thousands of dollars a year that you make will be the hardest money you ever made in your business. It is like this. I always compare it's like, I don't know if you have kids, but I have two, 
right? So it's it's like having a baby because your whole life changes. Like you imagine your business as a baby is a, is a separate being from you, right? Mm. So like you can't be like sitting on your ass. Sorry, <laughs> sorry for my language, right? <laughs> and like and be like, oh, I'm not feeling like feeding my baby today. Like yeah, but then the baby dies. You know, it's like it's the right. same as the business. If you don't jump in. If you don't create this revenue, right? If you don't feed the baby, the baby dies. Yeah. And that's probably the number one reason because people like when they start businesses, they experience the cash flow issues, right? And when like you experience the cash flow issues and the gap is too big, that's when your business just can't survive anymore. Yeah. So the role of every founder to make their business cash flow positive as fast as possible, like that's yeah. the number one task, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we call that stage early struggle, right? It's like, how do you, how do you get cash flow positive? How do you find that profitable, sustainable market? Well, one of the things that we like to say is the best, uh, the best strategy for being a startup is to stop being one. You know, like there's this yes. kind of glamorization of like, we're a startup. We're always a startup. And it's like, well, you know, what it really means to be a startup is not a romantic endeavor. You know, it's, it's a very yes. difficult process. Uh, and so, yeah, best, best strategy for being a startup is to stop being one. And, and and as I was kind of looking through your website, this was the the kind of theme that kept resonating through is when you know what's important to you, right? It, it's not about working hard or not working hard. And and when I'm saying working hard, I'm not saying 70 hours versus 50 hours. That's not what I mean at all. But like mm. going in and actually doing the hard work, making the call you don't want to make, right? You're writing the email you don't want to, whatever it is, there's hard work that has to happen. Um and uh, and and that is it's not so much that it's not hard work or hard work. That's not really what we're going after. What we're going after is what is the fruit of that hard work, right? When you have that yes. vision that you mentioned, that's what makes the hard work worth it. And and I love so much about your approach because there is, you know, and, and just your website, it's fun, right? It's exciting that like there's freedom in it. And that's ultimately, I think what most founders want is that degree of freedom. But I think the way that you create that, the way that you help folks create that is through that vision and then saying, okay, what's necessary to make that happen? What would you say kind of in light of that? They've, they've got a vision, they have an idea. What are some of the next steps that they need to do, maybe even to start pursuing profitability? So I'm a big believer in the Lean Startup methodology, and we actually take it from kind of like the tech world and we always bring it in the lifestyle turf as well, because for me, it's like really go through this build, measure, learn feedback loop as fast mm -hmm. as possible, right? Because the one thing is to have the idea in your head. The other thing is to actually go out and test it. You need to test it as fast as possible. And what I find super interesting is that a lot of times when people like even explore this lean startup methodology, they misunderstand it or they miss a step. And there is a step which is called like customer problem fit because for majority of times people have this idea in their head and they're so attached to this. Like, you, you know, they're in love with the idea, with their product, with their service, with their yeah. process, whatever that is, right? So they go out and they test by telling people the solution without asking the problem, hmm. right? So like you need to actually like the first step that I would do, like just talk to hundred people, take hundred people, like how many people you have in your network? 2,000, 5,000 at least. You know, like if you like even look at your LinkedIn, Instagram, like, I don't know, your WhatsApp contacts, whatever that is, right? So you have these people, talk to hundred people, get them on the, on the phone, get them on Zoom and ask them if in this space where you want to start the business, what is their problem? What they wish was, was there? What are they looking for? Right. And once they tell you, build a solution around it, 
right? Mm -hmm. But don't offer them a solution and then ask them, what do you think about that? Because people are nice. They will tell you like whatever you want to hear. And you kind of like closing this door of actually listening out from them what the actual problem is. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Um, it's so true. And and I think uh, uh, this is tied into it, but it's a, a little bit of a, a, a segue here um, when it comes to people being nice, right? And, and kind of giving their opinion and whether or not that's helpful. Uh, non-paying clients uh, are, are, you know, and with regard to the package that you offer, that's not very helpful. I think you identified that really well. The other one is the folks in their life, right? So maybe family or friends or other people who are not entrepreneurs. What's what's their role in the entrepreneur's journey? Well, this is like a painful question because so when we started out, the most unsupportive people around us were family members mm-hmm. who were like, you guys are crazy. Look at you. You are like, in the stable jobs with really good income, like you worked hard for this, like, why would you drop out? Why would you like just go and do something which is unpredictable? There is a lot of uncertainty. What about your pension? Right? Like all those things. And I, I believe it's very, very hard um, for people who a lot of times just put their insecurities onto you, right? And they like, they will not hold you back because they don't want the best for you, but because they're truly scared for you. Like, you know, yeah. like they love you. They don't want you to hurt yourself. Right. Yeah. So and for them, it's scary. So if, I don't know, like if you have a friend, like family, like for the people who are watching us, listening to us, be the most supportive you can be, because it is very hard. The founder's journey is very lonely and very hard because for majority of times our environment doesn't support us. So mm. finding this crew of people who are really like-minded, who are on the same journey, that you can very openly share your ups and downs because it normalizes the process so much. Yeah. Like it, it's for everybody. Like I I was just like a couple of weeks ago, like in Lisbon, we have a unicorn factory. So they're basically um, accepting companies which are scale-ups, right? Who are like, has the ambition to scale to a billion Euro, uh, euros businesses. And like, just talking to those people, like how hard it is, you know, like how everybody at some point is on the verge of giving up because yeah. the money is not coming in, the cash is running out, right? The country is the investment. But if you pull through this, right? Like the first investments, like the first round of investment is very hard to raise, but the second one becomes easier, right? Yeah. And a lot of times people say like the first 100K was was so hard, but then yeah. 20 million after that, 200 million after that was like this. But yeah. it's because you go through this, but you need people who understand the journey, who can support you in these moments when mm. you're about to give up, when you're about to say like, okay, you know, what's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's there's so much good stuff in there. Uh, yeah, I love it. And I, I kind of want to piggyback on that because you're one of those people, right? You understand that you help other folks through it. What would you say in light of that is the biggest secret you wish wasn't a secret at all? What What's that one thing that you wish everybody listening or watching today knew? I don't even know, like if, if that's a secret, um, but like, I actually think like you don't need to be anything special, like in a way to be an entrepreneur, but you just need to understand that if you have this like very deep why inside of you, you will find a way to make it happen. Right. So like you don't even need the confidence. You don't need to like, you can just do it from service. Right. And I think like probably, I mean, for us, right, because we also work in this, in this space of purpose-driven businesses and purpose-driven mm-hmm. for us means that 
at some point of time, you went through some shit in your life that you were able to find a solution for, right? And then you are able to like bring it into your own business and you helping others with this thing, right? And you have this, this deep design, you have this deep empathy. You just need this mentality of service, you know? Sales is not about like selling people on something or like looking at them as like ATM machines, but it's about being of true service to people. So I think like if everybody just had this mindset, like it's not a secret, but switching their uh, focus from what people will think about me. What if I fail? You know, it's like me, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Just switching this focus for a second on the other side to the people on the other side, whom do you want to help? You know, you're doing sales calls, not because you want to drag the money out of them, but you, because you truly want to offer them a solution to the problem, you know? And I think like, this is the secret of success. And it's the same, like it goes for every founder. It doesn't matter if we are, you know, bootstrapping our business and we are doing sales by ourselves by reaching out to somebody like in our network, or I don't know, cold emailing someone, or if you're find founder, like who's raising the capital, right. And you're just like going to, to the meet venture capitalists. Right. But in this moment, like switching your attention to other humans in front of you. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was probably the biggest revelation because once you switch the focus, like everything changes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, so uh, one more question for you. And then I, I want to make sure folks know how they can get in touch with you because there's there's founders, even pre-founders out there that this is just exactly what they need exactly in the moment that they need. But uh, before we get there, I want you to actually take off your coach, consultant, advisor hat, right? Uh, put on your your CEO hat, if you will, and talk to us. What's the next stage of growth look like for you and your business? And what challenges will you have to overcome to get there? So actually, like we're building something right now because, as I said, right, we're working with these two kind of like very different avenues. And so what we discovered, because we work also within the ecosystems of um, business incubators, business accelerators, uh, business um, like for um, tech startup founders, right? And they have this this ecosystem of mentors and a lot of business tools, right? But people who come from the lifestyle, like who don't want to have this like hugely scalable businesses, they have almost zero chance to get into those incubators or accelerators just because, you know, like they're not accepted because the ideas are not so scalable. Mm. So we are trying to take this, like this system and this framework and build a digital business incubator for lifestyle entrepreneurs. Because what I observe and like what our clients are telling us as well it's so overwhelming. Like there are so many different courses and experts and like there's so much of expert advice, like which is controversial and you don't even know where to go, right? But creating this ecosystem for people where they have like a pool of mentors, like where they have like mentors who are following them, like and their business, like for the duration of one year, like, I don't know, having like a business advisor, having a marketing advisor, having a financial advisor at all times with you, but then also have a pool of experts who are experts in certain areas. Like, I don't know if you need social media, then you get someone from social media or whatever that is, right? And like, given this possibility for people to have access to that. So that's our next, like, I would not say challenge, but like the, the exciting part, like something that we're building right now. And the challenge I think is to find really quality mentors, Mm. people who don't just like read something from from books or whatever, but who really went through this process of bootstrapping their business, at least to the first six figures, because people understand what they're talking about, right? And they can really like being like holding this space for people who are just starting out, right? And bringing them 
together, right. like on this journey. So that's that's what we're doing at the moment. Remarkable. Remarkable. I love it. Uh, so folks want to find more about maybe that in the future or the work that you uh, and your partner do. How can they get in touch with you? How can they find out more about your company? I mean, like you mentioned our website, which looks horrible at the moment. So it's in the reconstruction <laughs> on the back end. But you can go to metacoaching.com and meta, not like uh, metaverse, you know, but meta like Buddhist meta with double T. Um, you can also find us on on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, that's probably the the easiest ways. Like we're on Fantastic. LinkedIn, on Instagram, on our own website. Yeah, I love it. Well, Olga, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for what you do. Uh, it, it was a remarkable episode and a remarkable uh, journey that you guys faced. And, and uh, it's such a privilege to see you being able to help so many others through that same journey. So thank you. Thanks for being on. For those listening today, you know your time and attention mean the world to us. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I know I did. And I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.